0: But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York.
1: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories,
0: schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger,
1: we're here for you.
0: What's up everybody? Welcome to Gojo with Mike Golick Jr. That is me, with me as always, super producer Brandon Newman, and for today, my father, Mike Golick Sr., co-host of Golik and Smetty What's going on, Dad? How you doing?
1: Couldn't get anybody else today, huh? Is that how it works? Nope. So, I called it this morning, I and, and your mother Stop. will <laughs> back me up, Okay. So, Brandon, Mike texts me. I've had this this stiff neck <laughs> for, for a, a long time, right? For, for about a week where luckily through the NFL, they have this place, Exos, where actually Mike and Jake trained for their pro day where former oh, yes. NFL players can go and get rehab and stuff and work out. So, I, I mean, I literally could not turn my head. I mean, so sore. I was sleeping in another part of the house and everything. So, I'm getting this treatment and I'm feeling better. So I got the treatment and Mike knows about this. So Mike texts me this morning and he says, how's the neck today, dad? I'm like, it's good, it's a lot better, Mike, thanks. And after I got that text, I said, right to your mother. I said, Mike is gonna ask me to do the pod later. I said, if I, cause he was just trying to feel me out to see if I said, oh, it's still killing me. I can't turn my head. And, and Mike, your mother's like, no, I said, watch. And however, what oh. later was, you text me, you available for the pot? I just showed your mother. She's like, "Oh my god!" I said, "Yeah." I said, "My my firstborn was feeling me out to try oh and take advantage god. of my ass with a bad neck and all." It's hundred percent spot on. It's hundred percent accurate. Listen,
2: <laughs> he had the best intentions, though. He definitely. Whatever. Because he, he told me he was like, he was like, oh. I think I might reach out to my dad for Friday's episode, and I think. He didn't say it, but I knew oh. he had your stiff neck in mind. Uh huh. <laughs> now that you're good. Don't try and cover
1: for him, Brandon, okay? <laughs> well, I, I
0: saw right through it. That's 100% what I was doing. Hey, listen, yeah. the Stu got so strong in me, all right? So where was the line
1: of what I'd said of how bad it would have been for you to not True. follow up with the, hey, you want to come on the podcast?
0: I, if you had said it's still like if it had not improved at all, because when right. I FaceTime you and my mom yesterday when that was going on, you literally turned yourself like Batman, like you were yeah. wearing the Batman yeah. neck suit. Yeah. And so, if it was in that spot, I wasn't going to put you through the coal mining rigors of podcasting. So,
1: so oh, if man. if I if you just said if I just said uh, you asked my next better, it's about two percent better. Would that have been enough for you to ask me to come on the pod? Probably. Yeah.
0: <laughs> we just needed to see hey. it trending in the right direction. So That's all, all it is. So no setbacks.
1: All, all you needed, if you would have heard, it would have had to be, Mike, it's worse today than
0: yesterday. Then you probably wouldn't have bothered me. Listen, it's playoff football time, yeah. all right? So <laughs> if you're right. trending in the right direction, we're getting you're your right. ass on the field. You're right. All right. You know what? I can't argue with that. Stick
2: in the this needle is on. a needle Let's go. This is a sensitive topic, but they was about to roll your ass out. there like, Tua uh, against the Bengals is like, yeah. hey. We didn't see nothing. You look good. Nope. Let's let's see
1: if you can complete these passes. You just go play, man. You just go yep. play. Everything else be damned, right?
0: Oh my god. Yeah, so that is exactly 100% of the booking process that went on uh, for this episode here. And it'll be a great episode because in addition to pulling my father back onto the field before he is fully healed like a power-hungry college football team, I also made him do a list because everyone had been doing the most talked about, I think the Golden Globes were last night. I didn't watch a second of it. Um, But everyone's been doing their most talked about TV shows. We've said off and on here, nobody watches or consumes more television than my dad so we will have mike Golick, seniors top five shows that he watched in 2022 uh, that'll come up on this as well as look ahead to some of the games this weekend dad's going to be on the call for the sunday nighter uh between the Bengals and the ravens which trending in a very poor direction right now but uh Brandon, um, since we did have my dad on this podcast here um, and we can get hashtag dad to the bone, uh, I did want to ask and see where you were at, because a while back you had brought up the possibility of you and your wife starting potty training for your Mm. oldest son. And I just didn't know where we were at in that process. And if there's anything that you wanted to bounce off dad here while you had him as a three time potty training champion, at least, you know, more, more or less.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, uh we will get to my situation, but I am interested in how you and Indie Mom handled potty training. Like what what advice came in from what sources cuz we have the internet. Like we don't even have to ask Jeeves. So like where did the information come for you guys?
1: Just from from, you know, our parents, you know, we we okay. get advice on what they did and you just kind of you kind of go with it. You kind of go with your gut. You know, you can read all the books in the world for for young parents today it's tough because there's almost too much information out there sure. too much for you to look at when you know obviously you want you want safety for your for your, your children but a lot of it is you know you talk to your parents about kind of what they did and you and you then you go with your gut you know it was so long ago that i potty trained i don't remember the technique i just remember what you you have to be you have to be patient and consistent you know mm-hmm. you have to you have to continually do the same thing till they get the message if you let it slide then you fall back a little bit you know you just have to do it over and over it's kind of like reps you know and learning your technique over and over and over and over again until that's exactly what your kid is used to and it becomes second nature i can feel your son
0: your firstborn say you fall back on your training yes you don't you do. rise to the occasion; you fall back to the level of your training. To that end, who was the hardest one of us to potty train between me, Jake, and Sydney?
1: I, I, I honestly do not remember. I mean, now, now, yeah. and, and I, I don't say that because I wasn't involved, but um, through your guys' potty training, you and Jake, I was still playing, so I was certainly gone a little more um, than than was Sydney uh, when when because Sydney was born after the league retired me, uh, so. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't quite remember it as much. I'm sure your mother did most of it. But I don't recall any crazy stories of how bad it was. But, but it can get bad. I'm sure it was bad at times. And I'm sure we wanted to bang our head against the wall at times. But but I do know it is, it is patience and consistency. And the, the amazing thing is, Brandon... Is when your kid gets older. Like when all my kids went to college, they all reverted back and shit and peed their pants, you know, in college at some point.
0: Yeah, Which is I have definitely. <laughs> I I have like very clear memories of at least two times shitting my pants as an adult, like from high school on. Yeah, yeah. At a, hey. at a certain point.
1: Yeah, I've heard this- Jake say a couple of times. Yeah, I threw away my underwear, you know, because I was somewhere and I and I crapped myself and just yeah. tossed them. I mean, so yeah, I, there, there's that.
2: I've I've been at the condo back in the day, and there's some poo happenings in that half bath on the main floor. And I was like, you yeah. know what? I'm going to go back to my dorm.
1: Let me what? tell you what. When when the, the two guys, your guys' teammates that bought that and turned it into an Airbnb, I swear your mother and I wanted to bleach and burn the place first. Uh, you know, just to get rid of everything that was in there, and then just you know rehab it all yeah. because
0: yeah, I
1: I do not. I mean, we know a lot of stuff that went on in there, not but by no means everything, and uh, well, and I'm sure a lot of people reverted back to their kid days uh, with uh, with with the bathroom issues. But
0: uh, I mean, one of Brandon's friends from Louisville came up and puked and pissed all over the couch. Yeah, yeah.
1: Now, listen. It, well, it happened it it, yeah happened. it happens it, it happened quite a bit at that condo yeah. there's no doubt about it so while you're you'll you'll do it with your son now just know at some point he'll revert back but uh, good luck to you it's just you know it's a part of the it's a part of the parenting that's that's not one of the pleasant parts but obviously it has to be done and eventually you know what all kids learn how to do go to the bathroom so you're gonna be successful at it it's just a matter of how long it takes you yeah I, I I'll say this. We moved to Florida,
2: we're getting him into preschool. He's on the cusp right now, he turns three in March. So sometimes to get into those rooms, you have to be potty trained just to get accepted, right? right? So there's a whole protocol there. So that's why we were thinking the pressure of doing it or not. We got him in the mini preschool, so he's fine and he's he's getting acclimated. But because potty train has been on the brain, we've been doing diaper off during kind of getting ready for bedtime, right? right? And that's that thing where yeah. He has to listen to his body. He has to yeah. communicate with us what's going on. And literally the other day, so proud. Huge dad, proud dad moment. He was naked, running around, filling up the bathtub. And he's telling us that he's like, he's he's feeling something. He's like, oh, he says, I want a diaper. I want a fresh diaper. I need a fresh diaper. I need a fresh diaper. He's like, oh, do you got a potty? One or two? Like, poopy or pee didn't want to tell us so we knew it was poop right right so right. we pulled it we pulled the potty out because we were prepared but we didn't want to do it we had done all the the training we had these mickey mouse like playing cards that we handed him was like sit there relax look at your mickey cards no pressure and we had learned that like we're not supposed to make it a big deal or anything or not right. like pressure him or like hover over him and stuff right so right. we just we just went and did things she handled our our youngest mac and i was in the bathroom and out of nowhere, he comes screaming, I did it, I did it, I did it, mommy, daddy, look. And we're just like, oh, like, what'd you do? We were going over there to, to see some pee. Carter put a log in that thing. There you go. A <laughs> full, honestly, I thought I shit in that little potty. I was, like,
1: <laughs>
2: oh my God. I was so proud. It was hard not to make it a big deal because we were so shocked, right? But it was like, okay, we like brought it back down. It was okay. Like. They said one of the things we learned is like not to say it was a big boy thing or whatever. So like I had to renege on that a little bit because I had to I jumped straight down. Like, oh, big boy. You know? Right. But it was so he's ready in a sense. And we're almost there. But we had our first successful moment. I know there's going to be a lot of tragic stuff afterwards, but but that's great.
1: Impressed. Can I just say this, Brandon? Don't worry about the oh, don't say big boy. Forget all that shit. Just, just do, just do what you feel is right. I mean, okay, I yes. swear to God, there's just too much out there today that parents look at and think, I can't say this or I can't say that. There's nothing wrong with saying big boy. Nothing at all, and especially when he drops a big log like that.
0: I would just say I I feel there's somewhat of like an Alanis Morissette irony in the fact that you're not supposed to celebrate this when I know that there was guys we played with in our locker room that took poop so big they would bring the entire team over into the bathroom to check it out. Yeah, I I get
1: it, or you take a picture of it. I I tell you, one of my proud moments, Brandon, Mike and Jake, because they're only 15 months apart, um, when I was playing in Philadelphia, so uh, I got there in the 80s. And by the early 90s, we had a home in Orlando that we would go to in the offseason. And Mike was born in 89 and Jake in 90. So two or three years old. So they they were, they were you know, learning they were going to the bathroom and such. Right. And we had a, like a pontoon boat out there because, you know, it's Florida and you like to fish. So I'd have them on the boat. And, and a great moment was when both of them, because when they're that close, they just do the same things. They both peed over the railing into the lake. Oh It just man. dropped trowel and peed right over the rail, and I was like, "This is awesome," and, and and I may have uttered "big boy," so you know, and I didn't, <laughs> I didn't feel bad about it. I didn't hey, feel bad about it.
2: <laughs> that, that's one of the biggest obstacles is the articles of clothing. So it sounds like they got that uh, down.
0: back. Oh, yeah. just yeah. pull it
1: down and pull it out. They did. That's exactly what they did. It was it was it was a good moment.
0: That's it, man. Like I say, make it make it easy out there. Just guys in nature, guys being dudes. Word to Steve Adazio.
2: Because I have two sons right now, now I, I won't sleep until I see that. Like I, I need, to, yeah. they need to pee at the same time. You know, I yeah. need that. There you go, and, and you pee go.
1: outdoors somewhere, right? Oh, yeah. You're out in the I mean, woods or yeah. something. Your wife may not want to see that part of it, but that's just guys can but do it. So we, you know what, guy? You know why guys do it? Because we can.
2: Okay, because we can, and it's also great. Let's clean up. Like yep. I, I realize I'm I have to set the an example, and that's one of the things I love to do. Is I mean, I love peeing outside. Like it's. Like, I, I love, I feel like I'm giving back. In a yeah,
1: way. yeah. <laughs>
0: Replenishing Mother
1: Earth. <laughs> Mike, don't tell your mother this, but in the courtyard where the dogs go to the, to the bathroom in the morning, there's a lot of times I just pee out there, too. Oh,
0: been- oh yeah. I mean, listen, again, you're right out there. You're trying to set yeah. the tempo for them to go to the yeah. bathroom. So it does just seem like Ooh. a pack leader thing. Or
1: if they start peeing first, you know, that just makes you have to go. You know? Oh, so yeah. So I'm like, all yeah. right, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, well, I'm just going to go.
0: There we go. So, uh, as always, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, and review. <laughs> Leave us a five-star rating. Uh, if you've got any more potty t- training tips or just horror stories, at Gojo yeah. Show on Twitter as well. You can get us with that one. Mom, sorry about Dad. Um, yeah. But uh, speaking of things that sound like a wet fart, um, <laughs> unfortunately, some of the news that we got yesterday out of the NFL <laughs> kind of limping into wild card weekend on the quarterback front. That's a transition for you bastards right That's, there. Oh, I loved it. Well, so we got the bad news uh, yesterday as of the release of this podcast that Tua Tungavailo, according to Mike McDaniel, the Dolphins head coach, uh, will not be playing in the game this weekend. He has been ruled out uh, still missing time due to a concussion suffered there Um, And also it looks like Teddy Bridgewater at this point still uh, nursing an injury as well. And so right now they are preparing with Skylar Thompson, their third string quarterback who started the last game of the season to end up and being the starter in this game. At the same time, that the Baltimore Ravens had Lamar Jackson miss his 16th straight practice dealing with a PCL injury that he sustained early in the season. So, uh, Dad, that's the game you'll be calling Sunday night. But in both cases, just a massive bummer because it feels like now as they're getting set to face the Dolphins, the Buffalo Bills, and the Ravens, the Cincinnati Bengals, two of the teams that we expect to be real contenders in the AFC side, that this is sort of a moot point now that we're walking into games that these teams are surely going to get bounced from. You
1: know, and you remember when when Miami went up to Buffalo and they lost on the last second field goal by Buffalo. Tua played in that game, threw for 234 and two touchdowns, no interceptions, you know, had, had a good game. And I just, I, I don't see it with Skylar Thompson. I just don't, no disrespect to him, but I, I just don't see it happening. And for Baltimore, man, we were talking, Mike, it just, the more and more John Harbaugh was asked about Lamar, the, the shorter the answers got, you know, I know he's got to prepare for a game, but it just seems like, you know, is there more, you know, all the people that believe he's sitting because he's hurt, and he doesn't want to mess that up, you know, to instead of going on the field to is he really not ready to play? And now you got to prepare for a playoff game, and here Tyler Huntley has got has got tendonitis in his shoulder. He didn't even throw at the last practice. So you're looking at Anthony Brown you know, who I remember covering when he transferred from BC to Oregon in the Fiesta Bowl when Oregon played Texas. Uh, and so, I don't know how I'm calling that game. I certainly am going to be, you know, unbiased on that game. and But, I mean, just looking at the setup, you know how Cincinnati can score points. Going to be very difficult for Baltimore to reciprocate that. So, to me, all the pressure falls on the Baltimore defense in this game to try and, and hold down... Cincinnati as best they can to give their offense a chance
0: what's uh what's it like being on the rest of that team for something like this because we hear all the next man up stuff but it only goes to a certain point both these teams on their third string quarterback like you were in Miami when Dan Marino got hurt when you guys were supposed to be really good like what's that do to the rest of the locker room here like how realistic can you be and how much do you have to just try and bury your head in the sand and keep going about your work
1: 1993, we were 9-2 and after 11 games. We had the best record in the NFL. And by the way, they still didn't sell out in Miami. Just embarrassing. <laughs> uh, we're in Cleveland, and Marino is in the pocket. Nobody around him, and he snaps his Achilles. And we're just like, no way that happened. I, I went through that in Philly in 91 when we thought we had our best team. They a great shot at, at the Super Bowl, and Bryce Pop from Green Bay hit Randall Cunningham in the knee – opening game of the season and blew his knee out. We're like, you got to be shitting me that this went on. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and and after that, we did not – Scott Mitchell went into quarterback. Now, again, it wasn't all on Scott, but we didn't win another game. We lost the last five of our games, and the last mm-hmm. loss was to the Patriots that we needed to win to get in the playoffs, and we didn't. So we didn't even make the playoffs that year. So players will all say the right thing in their individual meeting rooms. They're going to say, okay, we got to make up for it. You know, wide receivers, we gotta we gotta catch anything that's near us. Defense, we have to, we have to just stymie that offense, get turnovers. We have to give our offense a chance. So that's what they'll say publicly. That's what they'll say in their meeting rooms. When they go home at night, they may feel a little different. Like, man, we're we're gonna need the other team to really F up here, you know, to to help us along. We're gonna need we're gonna need a Josh Allen red zone turnover, which we've had. Well, he's got five of them this year so it's not like it might not happen so you're gonna need things like that to happen uh, for both Baltimore and Miami.
0: I feel a lot better about the possibility of that for Baltimore I will say I think really? just just I think just because. You've got a Buffalo team that I saw, too. They're opening up the practice window for Micah Hyde, their safety that's missed most of the season, and could get some help there. Obviously, they're going in without Von Miller, but... That team is so complete across the board when we talk about rosters in the AFC, or has been for majority of the week. And they gave up a bunch of yards to the Patriots in the round before. But when you go back and look at the Week 18 matchup between the Bengals and the Ravens, that was a game where Anthony Brown turned the ball over twice yeah. early in that game. Once getting hit and throwing a bad ball up there. Once with a ball that bounced off the receiver's hands was kind of behind him there. But again, to Dad's point, with the backup with a third string quarterback, you got. Catch that shit. You got to make it work for that guy in that scenario. And that being said, their defense was still able to keep them relatively in that game because of the way they've played Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow's two worst games as a passer, I think, by EPA per drop back this year have been against the Baltimore Ravens. So that group, especially once Roquan Smith came over, has figured some shit out on the other side, playing back, making Burrow take the stuff up underneath. And so if they can do that offensively, they sat J.K. Dobbins in that last week. They sat right. Mark Andrews that last week. Both those guys are going to be back on. On the field so offensively i'd imagine that game plan is going to look a lot different because baltimore went into that game and said we don't really give a shit about winning this game we're trying to make sure everyone's healthy for the real one
1: yeah they're certainly going to be stocked better on offense no doubt about it to to run especially to run the ball and then obviously with andrews Listen, defensively, they got to get after Burrow. Remember the beginning of the season? I think the first two games, Burrow was sacked like 13 times. Mm-hmm. You know, he's been sacked seven times, uh, six times, five times, three times. Now, they're on an eight-game winning streak right now, and in those eight games, he was sacked 12 times. So, Burrow does get hit. Uh, so, that that's something the Ravens are going to need to do. They're going to need to pressure him and get him off his point a little bit. But, you know, and, and I'm just looking for re- things to help because – Bottom line though, even if he gets off his point, you can heave the ball up because you got <laughs> three receivers and over two receivers over a thousand, three receivers over seven hundred yards. I mean, it's crazy that he can just hoist that ball up and let those guys do the work.
2: Well, I, I think it's crazy that he can take those hits and still do the work. Yeah. Like he's he was the most sacked quarterback last year and made it yep. to the Super Bowl. Like I I'm not afraid of Joe Burrow getting hit, especially not now where he is using his legs to hurt the opposite the opposing team like i i'm i'm terrified of joe burrow like i am I'm, I'm not afraid of the Bengals. i still see them as the lowly Bengals that i grew up with in in the 90s and just like not really being competitive not maybe not 90s but you know cory dillon was the one bright spot for the Bengals for a very long time but joe burrow is different in a way that yeah. i don't i, I can't I do feel like that the time of possession will be more in Baltimore's favor in this game. And that oh, may, without a doubt. Yes. Like, that's going to help them and like be in their favor and that be, may be enough. But Joe Burrow has, I think he wants to get back. He has that, he has that thing where he can take over the game because he wants to get back to that
1: big game again. And he will. <laughs> the only thing I'll say about the time of possession, I think early on, but if Baltimore falls down back off by a couple of scores and Baltimore has yeah. to start passing, then, then they're not going to win that. But, they have the running game, the two-headed monster running game. Um, and for for since and Cincinnati, listen, their uh, mediocre defense by ranking, they have thirty sacks on the year, not a ton. Um, so you know that that could help if it's Anthony Brown to have more time in the pocket, and not get harassed as much. I mean, that's something Cincinnati needs. It needs to still do a better job of.
0: Yeah, I'd say too. I mean, you're working with. You talked about Joe Burrow getting hit. The offensive line, when things were getting better, had been on the field altogether. Now, you've lost Lyle Collins for the rest of the season. You've lost Alex Kappa. The whole right side of your offensive line is new and did a better job than they had any right to with backups being in there in these last couple of games. But that's still something that you can try and work at there. So, it, it... I don't feel great about it for the Ravens by any means at all, which is a shame because that defense, if Lamar Jackson's on the field for them and the way that defense had played down the stretch of the year, because we go back to the beginning of the season and the defense was the one giving up the goods in the fourth quarter every time they're giving up the big plays. There's a lack of communication on the back end that now, again, it's – It's never just one player, but it does feel like Roquan Smith, who just got the big bag, has been a guy that's really unlocked the best parts about so many of his other teammates, right? It's let Patrick Queen play a lot faster. Defensively in the secondary, Kyle Hamilton, Notre Dame's very own, has really come on as that third safety playing that overhang spot as sort of a big nickel player here. He's been sensational down the stretch of the season. So the defense... You know, pass rush-wise, I think that's an area where it could be trouble because I don't know if they have, you know, one guy necessarily that's dominated or can really take over a game like that. And so they've had to resort to pressure, and that's really the area where Burrow can hurt you because of what Brandon brought up, the way he can move around in the pocket.
1: Yeah, I think it's Justin Houston leads away with like nine and a half sacks. They have 48 on the year, so, you know, they've gotten after the – the pass are pretty well. Defense will be interesting in this game. You know, the 12 teams, there are our four top 10. San Francisco is number one. Um, Buffalo is number six. Tampa Bay is number nine. And Baltimore is number 10. The rest of them okay. are 16 or lower. The, the, yeah. So there's eight of the teams are in the bottom half statistically on the defensive side of the ball, which uh, w- which will make things pretty interesting.
0: Are you worried that defense wins championships is now sunsetting as a football t- uh, axiom dad? No. Defense
1: always wins championships. That'll never change through the history of the game, from when it started to when it ends. So, I'm, it's my, I'm sticking with it. Sticking with it.
0: I feel like that means you need to be rooting hard for the 49ers because if the 49ers manage to even get to the Super Bowl, it will be the ultimate testament to defense wins championships. Defense and Kyle Shanahan, who I like Kyle Shanahan as the offensive coordinator to me, and this is no disrespect to Brock Purdy, who has played really well, but yeah. based on how we've seen that offense continue to shine no matter who's under center, it's like speaking of you know potty training your kids, it's like when you're a parent and you put the fake steering wheel Wheel on the passenger seat for your kid in the car so they feel like they're driving the car, but in actuality, you're over there operating all the heavy machinery. That's what being a 49ers quarterback feels like. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Uh,
1: I, 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 but, but listen, he's done a good job. He's been asked, to, you know, he's done what great he's been job. asked to do. He gets the ball to the people that need the ball and the defense plays great. I mean, uh, would anybody argue that they're the most complete team in the playoffs, I know it's probably between them and Philly if yeah. they had to pick because the yeah. big difference there is Jalen Hurts and Brock Purdy. There's certainly a difference going on there. But I just mentioned defense as those are all the teams that are playing, the two teams that are. San Francisco is the number one defense, and I think Kansas City is right outside uh, the top ten. Uh, one of the biggest reasons because they have that monster Chris Jones in the middle. Uh, but I, I personally, I think it is going to hold serve. In the NFC and going to be Philly and San Francisco in the NFC championship.
0: Yeah, that one should be real chalky. Yeah,
1: yeah, I think they are the two best teams. And I think to me, I think the the first round possible upset, because I don't know, you know, kind of like the NCAA tournament where you don't consider 8 9 an upset. Do we consider Mm. 4 5 an upset? I know if so, if Jacksonville. Jacksonville's the underdog, right? And they smoked yeah. the Chargers, thirty-eight to ten, I think, in Week Three. But that's when the Chargers weren't playing very well. But they're a slight underdog. And then, is anybody? Do we think it's a big upset if Dallas wins or Tampa wins? I mean, I did that first game I of the season, and that what a shit game that was, nineteen to three. Tampa Bay beat Dallas. That's a game. Dak got hurt, and it was a horrible game. But it was Week One, so you get it. So for for me, I think if anybody's talking a first round upset. I lean toward the Giants at Minnesota as a possibility of an upset. What a game that was during the regular season on the, what, 61-yard field Amazing. or whatever it was to win it. So, that, that's where I would go if there's going to be an upset. But is there really any upsets on Card
2: weekend? I feel like that's the time where we finally pay attention to a team that's doing something at the right time.
1: Well, a lot of it, quite honestly, is how you're playing at the end of the year. Take the Chargers. They were not playing well early on, there, and they like – not as much as Cincy, because Cincy is on a roll, but Cincy is doing what they did last year. They're playing their best ball going into the playoffs and getting ready to make that run. But I'm like, my God, the AFC with Kansas City, Buffalo, and Cincinnati, and then the drop-off. But the Chargers have been playing well toward the end of the year. Now their Achilles heel is a run defense. It's not very good at all. Um, so, you know, if, if Etienne can, can run the ball on them and they can control it that way, that could be trouble for the Chargers.
0: Yeah, both defenses there. I mean, the run defense for them, the secondary for the Jags. um, all things, All things that could potentially get lit up there. So, yeah, I'm with you as far as the potential for upset in this opening weekend. And honestly, even with the Vikings, that's in seed alone because we know record-wise, seed-wise, they're up there. But quality of play-wise, especially any time they've seen a quality opponent, it's been a much different story with that team. On the AFC side... I would say that's that's what it, with the Jaguars.
2: I mean, yeah. they're not playing comp. They're playing great football. They're not playing complimentary football right now.
0: It's they're they're like I think a different story though. Also to these teams because of. The quarterback situation. That's how we judge a lot of these. So having Trevor yeah. Lawrence under center, having Justin Herbert under center. That's why I wanted to go back to the Dolphins portion of things because they're the ones that I've really kind of written off with this injury. Right. And right. dad with where Tua sits now, do you think this is like career threatening? Do you think we're talking about him potentially like having to sit down and have that conversation this off season?
1: I don't think he will. Um, in all honesty, I think he'll come back and play. But it it certainly could have monetary uh, implications because early on, was there any doubt he was going to get a contract? You know, right? I mean, early on, he was going to get a contract, and and we didn't think Daniel Jones was going to get a contract. Now flip him. Daniel Jones is going to get paid. And I don't know if Daniel Jones will ever throw 30 touchdowns in a season, but he doesn't turn the ball over and he leads the team well. And now Tua came in with the hip from Alabama. And now, you know, got nicked up a little early on and now got his chance and was playing great. And now, with the concussions, I'll tell you what, he has if, if his career is close to being over is, is a possible lawsuit. If yeah. they can prove the NFL handled it poorly about future earnings of what he right. could have got, that will be an interesting battle uh, for that. But I, I believe, I believe, yeah, you, we know he's out and I don't think they're going to win. So we'll have the entire offseason. I do think he's going to come back and play next year. Um, I, I don't think they're going to give him that big deal. I mean, do you? Do either one of you guys think that they're going to say, "Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna put all this money into you right now"?
2: He hasn't been healthy enough for a full season to to warrant giving him that amount of money. As accurate as he is, Tom Brady will tell you, you got to be on the field to be effective.
0: Yeah, I, I, I would agree. I don't think that that's going to be a conversation. I think he is going to have to like sit and really assess, am I going to keep doing this going forward? Because when you think about it, his career has been now, this is his second. I would consider what went on this season a traumatic injury, right? What we saw on that Thursday night game where he was coming off the short weekend, that coupled with a hip injury in college that was described as the kind of thing that people in car accidents suffer and survive. This is back-to-back times now for a guy that we have already seen. Listen, on the field with the things that happened last year around the trade deadline, the Watson rumors— we, Mike McDaniel had to come in and rebuild this guy's yep. confidence this season. And a lot of that was just how things had gone for him as an employee, how things had gone on the field of play, let alone now a guy who had to recover from that hip injury. Now having to think more about, all right, is any time gonna, I'm going to get hit? You know, I always go back and think about, we just talked about him for the Hall of Fame yesterday, Luke Keekley by the end of his career. Remember yeah. that one concussion barely took a blow and right. you saw him on the field crying out of crying, sorts. Yeah. It was scary to watch. And so you go mm-hmm. back to that and you just wonder, with all of it happening in such rapid succession here, does it change the way that you look at this situation? And I think for Tua, this could be that kind of introspection.
1: So I, I think because of the, it's amazing what an offseason does, when you can sit back, take a breath, and kind of play things out. That's why I think he'll at least try and, and play again. And, and I got to remember the timing. You guys may know this better than me. So he's finishing his third year. So can't they either pick up his fifth-year option or give him an extension this off season? either way I don't th- if they can I don't think they would do either right I mean are you gonna pick up his fifth year option you're gonna give him an extension I just I just think you keep letting it play out
0: yeah so the Dolphins will have to decide this offseason if they want to pick up his fifth year option it would according to over the cap I think be around 22.6 million if they wanted to but yes he's also in that class of players that will now be eligible for extensions after this right. season so okay.
1: If I mean, I would be stunned if they did either. I, I mean, we we honestly don't know. Yes, he played well, but we all know. I mean, my God, this is the the saying for all of us as football players: the best ability is availability. And and you know, if you can't be available, you know, we, we can't invest all that money in you.
2: But Tua is unfortunately one of those. It's one of those. Uh, well, I hate to be right, and I feel terrible now. But I didn't trust him coming out of Alabama. I know how talented he was and and how great he was. But how much he struggled to stay on the field near the end of his tenure there gave me questions as he stepped onto the NFL field. And and now, so I don't know how other people view Tua enough to even... I I don't know where his value is for other people.
1: So I agree with that coming out of college. So then what happens? Obviously, he had the hip. And then the second year when he's starting... Then all the, all the talk is coming about Deshaun Watson, right? And he wasn't playing that great. But go back to when the trade deadline ended last year. Last year. And then they didn't get Deshaun Watson, so that wasn't going to happen. His play picked up at the end of last year. Now, now I will say he may be someone who lets things get inside his head a little bit because he wasn't playing that well before that and he was playing well after that. So now, this season... Deshaun Watson went to Cleveland that wasn't going to be the issue Mike McDaniel said you're the guy so much so I'm making a 700 play tape of the good things you did to build your confidence back up and and let's let's say it two went out they got him weapons and he he, he didn't made the most of it he was playing great football you have to give him that uh but then there you go like you said Brandon the injury bug hit again. Through no fault of his own, obviously. And then the debacle of him going back out on the field added to it. But I would be stunned if he didn't come back, unless, again, he had a doctor saying, dude, you just can't do this. But I still don't think we have enough information on head injuries long term. We're getting it more and more. I understand, you know, with the whole CT and everything, but we still need a lot more study. Now it's just. Boy, I think something bad could happen later in my life. So, should I stop right now? Right. You know, I don't think there's—I don't think there's a medical doctor or the the medical profession that has enough information that says, "Tua, if you get one more concussion, you're gonna," you know be yeah oh no I'm,
0: yeah. I, I, I'm not even saying it's some sort of binary result wise and the one thing that we do here is concussion recovery is also not the same for every person and it's not linear right. you could feel better one day and then feel not as good the next day it's all going to be about just to his comfort level going right. back out into that situation that's the thought process here less than anyone can guarantee him a certain outcome and more having to deal with the uncomfortable uncertainty that right. comes with having had your body in that position already I, I think he, as many I think times he does as he it. has.
1: I, I, I do think he comes back.
0: In which case, if he does come back, I'd have to imagine the Dolphins then have to pick up his fifth-year option. Like, 22 is not a terrible number for a starting quarterback anymore. It's not.
1: That's, if you can get away with your starting quarterback making 22 mil, you're right. That's not a terrible right. number.
0: Like, it's it's not an awful number. Now, I don't know what the Dolphins' cap situation is right. and a number of other pictures because, obviously, they were big spenders this past offseason. Right. They brought in Bradley Chubb as well. So, there is money on this roster. Oh, yeah. But, again, I'd also have to imagine in their planning heading into this, they had an understanding of, all right, if this year goes well the way we want to at quarterback, at the very least, we're probably talking about the fifth-year option and how that comes up. And so unless they've been doing malpractice and financial planning down there, I'd have to imagine for the most important position in football for the player that was the centerpiece of all this that you spent around, like, Dad, to your point, they spent that money to bring those pieces in to find out about their quarterback. They did what the Browns did for Baker Mayfield. They did to an extent what Baltimore did for lamar jackson and here they did the same thing so i'd have to imagine they'd have that factored in and say all right if he's going to come back and tua still wants to play the option seems like the thing to do if you're miami so you're not committed for too long into the future while you try and decide that but you've still got a solution for the present with a quarterback that when he's been on the field has played really good football in this system for you
2: brandon this you know, know looks, looks like I, well, just, Mike McDaniel has an uphill battle because you're dealing with a guy who is already dealing with his own demons, right? And then once that money hits and the contract is looking in the face, then it's like it's not that you suck because we all know you don't suck. You're MVP candidate at some point in time during the season, but we your value is in question. And at, at right now it has to be set at this price so that the rest of the team can grow. And I, I don't know emotionally, mentally – where Tua how Tua can bounce back if he does feel slighted from the Dolphins.
0: Yeah, well, well at this I, point I, I think we're past the slight that came from yeah. last year. I think this year it's he's clearly seen and felt the love. He talked about it from this current yeah. regime.
1: I I could definitely understand the slight because their the owners publicly are talking about Deshaun Watson and trading for him or whether publicly or not we knew he was doing that. Yes, I would feel slighted then but that didn't happen and Tua was proving himself this year. So I don't think if you're the Dolphins, you say, Tua, listen, I mean, we thought you played great, but you weren't on the field for some, you know, if, if anything, like you said, Mike, we'll give you the fifth year option. But there's no way we're doing some kind of a five year, $200 million deal of what, you know, starting quarterbacks may be making or whatever it might be they i don't i just didn't, don't think that would be good business pra- practice by any stretch of the imagination
0: No, it wouldn't be. And, I mean, even if we removed the injury portion of things here, there is also the question, too, of is Tua Tungavailoa a quarterback that can elevate you beyond the system, or is he a guy when everything's going well, it can go well with him? You see the top end of the league quarterbacks, the guys that are getting those money deals, more often than not the ones that can exist outside and operate outside of that system. So it gets only more complicated from here on out for Tua Tungavailoa. It is just on the very surface level, though, a damn shame that we're not going to get to see him and that he's not healthy enough to go this weekend that lamar is trending in that direction right now we'll see what the final news is there and uh hope for the best as dad gets ready for that one on sunday night football all right guys let's talk about jagermeister they could have written a totally normal ad here like a really classic ad they could have talked about their history the 56 botanicals it could have been all salesy and cutesy but they know you don't care Jägermeister doesn't want to be like all those other ads you've seen and heard. They just wanted to say two things. Jägermeister is great, but everyone has been drinking it wrong. Damn, that's cold. Drinking it wrong? All right, if that's the case, how should we be drinking it? They are so glad you asked, and so am I, Dad. I'm here to help you. Ice cold is the answer, at zero degrees Fahrenheit to be exact. Ice cold shots of Jägermeister. That's it. That's all they want to tell you. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends or at the bar, call the shots cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister damn that's cold and remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com remember drink responsibly Jägermeister liqueur 35% alcohol by volume imported by Mast Jägermeister US White Plains New York um in the meantime though we promised people a list We have gotten to the end of the 2022 calendar year. There's been a lot of talk. The Globes did, again, happen the other night in a way that I didn't watch. I've seen some of it hit the internet here, Um, but it got us to trying to put this in the hands of the experts. So, Dad, uh, we uh, have asked you, uh, coming off of your neck injury here, shooting it up and getting back out onto the field to also come correct with a list to entertain us here with your top five shows that you watched in 2022. Do you have the list? I see you looking concerned. So,
1: so... It's the, the the shows I've watched in 2022. So, you're looking for now. Because one of my favorite TV shows of all time was MASH. I mean, one, one of my wow. favorites of all time. And for all you youngsters out there, Google MASH finale. Okay? MASH series finale will be always the most watched TV, single TV episode of all time. So... Don't give me that yes. sh- disrespectful head shaking of the head, Brandon. Don't I, do it. Okay.
2: I now, know it's just it's just the thing we always hear from you guys, like from you guys. Visit. What us
1: old guys? But but you know what? Tell me the lie. <laughs> T- tell me the we lie. Tell me Huss- one of your newfangled shows that have rated anything like that. Now, I will say, I get it. Back then, there weren't as many channels, so I do understand from that standpoint. But you well, know what? You, like, you got you got to give it the respect it deserves.
2: Yes, but we already know a long list of those TV shows because we grew up watching those in syndication. Like we know the the hits. Like, but
0: Mash, just, it wasn't that. So one, I, what do you mean, I, I it wasn't I was- that. I, I will. I will say, MASH is a really good show. I watched a bunch oh, of that because of my dad growing yeah. up. Master, MASH is a really good show. I was just laughing at wanting to think about how many things my dad, over the course of appearing on this podcast, has told the youth to Google uh, in the name <laughs> in the name of showing off his culture. <laughs> How many How many times the exact phrase for you youngsters out there, if you don't know blank, Google blank, yeah, has yeah. been said by my dad oh, on yeah, this podcast. But yeah. also, my question is, what What about this list prompted you to bring up MASH? Why was that a part of this conversation here?
1: Well, well, at first, it, because I thought you meant all-time TV shows of, no. of, of what I like watching. Okay, and, and so when you said that, that always comes up. As one of the first for me, if you want to talk about now, head and shoulders number one is Yellowstone. I mean, Ooh, without right. question, is Yellowstone. I mean, I, have either one of you guys been watching this thing yet?
2: No, I haven't got into it yet. I heard, I heard that it's violent. What's, oh, what's it's violent? It?
1: What? What are you afraid of violence? I mean, what? What? uh, no, Any show that
2: like it is very very popular and then and it's like cowboyish and then people are saying like, you got to watch this, you got to watch this, and then you find out that just. MFers are getting slain left now, and
1: right? No, it's not overly... It's slain? not about death and destruction. I mean, it, it. there is some of that, but there is not more violence than drama in this. There's more drama than, okay. than violence. The, the one character, Rip, could be the greatest cowboy actor of all time. There may be no tougher cowboy mm-hmm. I've ever seen on the big screen or the little screen than rip who who plays rip cole hauser i think is his name
0: tougher than any clint eastwood character
1: yes oh right there with him right there with him this dude is just a straight up badass i would be one of those if i were an actor and i was reading the script and this is how tough i got to be i would be so hype that basically in every scene i'm the toughest (laughs) motherfucker there is in camera range here. This is what the script says, so this is what I'm going to be. Uh, you know, maybe, hopefully, he's, I'm sure he's a nice guy in real life or whatever. That doesn't matter to me.
0: It's what the actor is, and he's unbelievable. You would be method acting offset then, oh. and just bullying people around the set, walking back yes. to your trailer, and just shouldering into people. Just
1: amazing. So Yellowstone is right there. Now, again, you said 2020 suit two. So does that, does that take out Breaking Bad?
0: Yes. I mean, in, All in right, theory, okay. yes. I didn't, okay. All I right. was saying, and you know, what, I'm like, I was saying less even shows that were released in 2022 and more shows that you watched personally. Because again, your rate of consumption is okay. different than most people. So it, it I know is, for you, it you've watched a lot more TV this calendar year than I have.
1: I have. I have. Uh, White Lotus, very, very good as well. The second season of that just, uh, just finished Thank up. Thank you. Yeah, I, I yeah, did dude. like that a lot. Again, uh, this wasn't this year, but Ozark wasn't too long ago. I loved Ozark. Wait, so
0: With, you're so you're going off the cuff now? What was the list that you had prepared then? What was the list that you had here prepared I, that you wanted I, to share? I had
1: I had a few. I had Yellowstone. I had White Lotus. I had Ozark. I had Breaking Bad. I had Billions, and oh, I had wow. I had Viking, which was one of the great series I've watched on Netflix. I mean, fucking awesome! Awesome. History Channel still printing checks from that one. Yeah, yeah I, I so those are the ones. I'm sorry that I didn't know. You know, 22 of what I was but that, watching. But now. that
0: so that so just just to be clear, for a title wise, that is Mike Golick Senior's top TV shows he's ever watched. Top TV shows of all time. What was the? How did you actually like the? So these were top. T,
1: these were of the shows over the last number of years that I have enjoyed the most. So, I, I, like, that's why I brought up MASH, because growing up, I loved it. I, I still watch it occasionally in syndication, though, as you guys would know, everybody loves Raymond is on my, you know, Chris and I, my wife and I, is, you know, every night here. But but ones I've watched, Yellowstone, I guess, being the most recent, and White Lotus as well. So, those would, would fit into what you guys are talking to now. But I loved Viking. I loved that series. And Ozark, I thought, was phenomenal. And then Breaking Bad and Billions I, were, uh, you know, were, can were you, great. Can you?
2: Can you answer a question for me yeah. about Everybody Loves Raymond? Yeah. Why the hell did they make them have kids? I feel like those kids are as important as the spoon on the wall. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, thank I know, you. I know.
1: Yeah, I know what you're saying. Well, they, they they needed to make them a family. Deborah had to be a housewife. Mm. She needed to be mm. at home. That was part of the whole shtick that Ray was the sports writer away. She was at home with the kids. And a reason why, um, you know, Marie came over all the time. You know, to see the grandkids yes. and to see Ray. So they, they were, I guess, more props, really, than
0: anything else. That's 100% uh, so, what they were. They were props. Yeah. That's why I yeah. remember when you had your top list of TV dads, I think you tried to sneak Rayman, Ray Romano in there. I did, and, and I he wasn't a good dad. You're because right. You're right. Well, we, we don't know if he's a good dad, because we never yeah. see the freaking
1: kids. No, I mean, in, in the times you see the kids or there needs to be parenting, Ray doesn't do it. So he actually was <laughs> not. A very good TV dad. So, to be honest with you guys, when you say 2022, I'm not going to lie. I haven't found many shows that I've loved. I've watched them because, you know, in flying and traveling, I usually get all my work done for my games before I head out. So, that's kind of like a thing in me. I got to have it done. So, I have free time and I'll usually download movies or TV shows. And you guys are talking about TV shows. I haven't really, and I've tried... With, with a few, like the Rookie or the Recruit or a few others. And I just, they're okay. You know, they're did just you, okay.
0: Did you watch Severance, the Apple TV Plus show that everybody was gaga over this year? No. Severance? Okay, okay I got to try that. All right, there we go. So you didn't get that one, and then where were you at on House of the Dragon, as someone who is a Game of Thrones watcher, so, that the prequel that showed up this fall?
1: So here's the thing about Game of Thrones and and House House of Dragon. House of the Dragon is that what? Yes. It is? Yeah, I like them, but I there's almost I almost have to watch too hard, uh, yeah, if that, <laughs> to, <laughs> to understand all the the houses and the families and the everything and. I don't care that much about that. I want to see dragons. I want to see killings. I want to see that kind of shit. So there's, I I, I always, I find myself too much. Okay, wait, who do they belong to? Wait, who are they part of? What's at the house of? A little too much. Because Mike, I know you deep dive stuff, you know, and I don't deep dive. I watch and when it's over, I go to the next thing. So there's no deep dive for me. So I like them. I don't love them. I'll watch them but they won't be in my in my favorite list.
0: I, I will say I do have the tendency to do what our good friend Katie Nolan once said on this podcast, which was turn recess into homework, where I'm consuming yes. all of yes. the secondary. Because I said the other day, the Game of Thrones universe and House of Dragon is a lot like college football. There's a ton of history. There's a lot of names. There's some very specific stuff you've got to know about each house that's involved in it. And you tend to know people more by their haircuts and geographical location. That kind yeah, of is, yeah, I true. think, the similarity between the two. I, so I, I, I understand love, that.
1: Katie is a, th- that's why I love her. She's a thousand percent right. You turn recess into homework. I I, I will never be accused of that. I will always like to turn homework <laughs> into read <research. laughs> I will always like to go the other way. I'm just looking at severance real quick. And I have to ask this because Paramount Plus, like with Yellowstone, I can't download. You can't download. Remember, HBO used to be like that. Oh, HBO really? Max, used to not be able to download. Now you can. Can you download, like, Apple Plus TV? Can you download those? I don't. Because really that's what I normally do. I download these for my for my plane flights. So that's why I don't yeah. know if I can... Download
0: it or not I'm not 100% sure on that one For those keeping score at home I know you can do it on Netflix I know you can do it on HBO Max now I know right, you can do right. it on Hulu at this point And I know you can do it on Amazon Video Amazon, but other than- and,
1: oh, Yeah, and and Showtime That's the other one Amazon Prime That's another one where I watch a lot of stuff too What have I seen? Oh, I just watched I like it uh, Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan to good I, one I, I do like that
0: it's it's really it was a jarring thing for me to try and have to look at John Krasinski in that. I way know now. As the as first guy, time yeah. he takes off his shirt yeah. and there's like scars and abs and we're supposed to believe that he's yeah. been this decorated service member after yeah. seeing him as fucking Jim Halpert in the office. Was I know. I, I give him credit for trying to overcome that because outside of, you know, outside of Steve Carell, there have not been a lot of people from the office that have been able to trans- transcend their character on that show. You're
1: right. You're right. It is tough to make the transition, but but I do like that series. So I, I just finished that season as well. Again, I liked it. I didn't I didn't love it. If you're the one I loved is Yellowstone. That that's by far and away. I really enjoyed White Lotus. I, I think they do a really good job with it. I do like it a lot. But Yellowstone, without a doubt, is is number one for me. But I'm I'm gonna check out Severance for sure now. Well, to the point of well, Severance is only in one season. Okay. That's
2: great. I know Yellowstone I, is in its fifth season. I yeah. already know
0: well, I'm gonna get so many texts with questions about Severance from 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 my dad. I I know going oh, into this, man. there's like this is a coin flip where you may enjoy it, and then there's gonna be a couple episodes in there where you text me like, what oh, the fuck is going on? Really? Here? Yes. Really.
2: Yes. They, right. yeah and they say it starts slow but it has like the like Charlotte was on yesterday she said it's the best finale she's seen in 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 years. Maybe of all time. Really? Okay.
0: Yeah. Yes. I I didn't have the heart to say that I disagreed but uh, that was that was that was Charlotte's <laughs> assertion yesterday. And I'm a coward. So I'll say it now that I actually was left wanting a little bit at the finale of that show.
1: All right. And- I'm, I'm looking at it now and I'm doing it. I, I think you can download. I'm downloading as as we speak. So hopefully well, uh, that, that,
2: that works out.
1: Well, speaking of the recess,
2: the homework. That's why I like these limited series yes. a little bit. Like, I really enjoy the little bite size. Like, shouts out to Mike White, not the Jets, the writer and director of, of White Lotus. Yes, but he's he got cleared for a third season, and I'm I'm bought in. It's like it's like I don't even care anymore. Like, if, if there's a formula, you know what I mean. It's like it's if your if your favorite TV show, it, it's almost if Mash wasn't just in the in uh wherever the wing where all the people were hurt. It was like if it if it went, you know, what I mean, if if those characters went back
1: home, not just the spin-off, but like right, the same beats. I'm watching a limited series right now called Kaleidoscope. It's about the it's the one where you Netflix. you can start anywhere on it and Yes, what was your first episode? What color? Uh, oh god, I don't um was it might have been green? I'm not positive. I'm not positive because I've been flying through it. I only have like one and a half episodes left, but yeah, so you've seen it.
2: No, I just know that everyone's yeah. first episode is a different color.
1: Yes, yes. It, it's pretty good. I mean, it's the whole obviously the planning of this monster seven billion dollar heist they're talking about. I won't say anymore. Love a good he,
0: Love a Good Heist movie or series. Love question. a good heist. I,
1: I actually watched one on Netflix. It was actually called The Heist. It was same thing. It was a limited series, and uh, and, and uh, it was pretty cool too. So red jumpsuits, right? Yeah. Yes, exactly. And, and the yeah. and the masks. Yeah, yeah. Uh uh-huh. yeah.
0: I heard they got a little racy.
1: <laughs> it got a little little little. it got going a little bit.
0: Wait, not. racy or racist? <laughs> like no, no, racy, racy, racy. Okay, gotcha. Right. It, was, it, was, it
2: was a story of uh, somebody whose like kids were trying to show him, but they walked out of the room right before, like, some some scenes happened. It was like no. They didn't want to
0: watch the sexy parts God. with their parents. There is nothing more difficult, because, Dad, you talked about watching this while you fly, right. than trying to watch oh. a graphic show while you're flying, because... I try and tell myself, hey, this is my screen. It's my personal space. If someone wants to look, that's on them. I don't need to concern myself. But if I'm next to like a little old lady or a little kid and all of a sudden some Game of Thrones incest sex scene comes on, I feel a little bit of shame. And I turn down the brightness really low on my thing so that hopefully no one can see from the sides. I do the same thing. I pull it in close to me. Like close to my chest and just
1: tilt it so I can just see it, you know. I I, yeah, because I'm I'm the same way. Because usually I'll put it on my food tray, but I kind of look around and I see who has a direct line of sight to this thing, knowing that if it gets going in a certain direction, that I I gotta I gotta pull it in.
0: Have you seen
2: Seth Rogen's Sausage Party? Yes. Oh, yes, I have. Okay. I saw that on a plane. Oh. A a, a five to seven-year-old next to me was enthralled at the beginning. How ashamed I felt when he finally... (laughs) We got
1: to the end of that. Yeah. Oh, I bet. (laughs) As a real coming-of-age tale for that kid. Yeah. At some point, he's (laughs) got to learn, right? Will you guys ever... (laughs) Go ahead. I, I would say the worst is when you when you watch something and you don't know what's coming on the plane and you end up crying. Oh. Oh, yeah. Laughing, I don't mind. I'll laugh out loud and people want to look at me, but all of a sudden when you're like, you're starting to well up and you're going, oh my God, I'm going to be crying. People look over and I'm crying on the plane, you know, and then if you're crying hysterically, if, you, if, if by chance you were dumb enough to watch Marley and me on a flight or something, you know, and just bawl your eyes out. Yeah, they can't
0: be dumber than you. My dad decided to watch Marley and me for the first time days after we had put one of our dogs down. What? Like, days. I I got
1: sentimental about it, and I remember Sydney being at home saying, I'm going upstairs. I am not going to be. And I literally was watching that, and she could hear me sobbing Sobbing from downstairs watching that movie. I, I was the same way I, I, at one point during, I'm like, what the hell am I doing? But I had to keep going. I had to keep watching it. <laughs> and it was
0: it. horrific. I cried so hard. So hard. I, I, I like, you knew what that movie yes. was about. I, it was my own fault all <laughs> the way. Completely, I, completely true. Because at, cause at so least it's
2: about so much that I've never seen it. Yes. Oh,
0: no. Just, I, have... I
2: don't want to put myself through that.
0: Mm-mm. No,
2: I'm... I cried during Homer Bound.
1: Oh no! God, you,
0: you, man, you would
1: be on the ground then, just rolling and sobbing for this.
0: See, because at least watching on a plane, what I've heard, and I don't—I've never looked up the science behind this, but I just take it as gospel—is that you get more emotional easier at altitude, so you're really? more likely to cry watching something at altitude Where for some reason. Did you read that? Is this on one of your deep dives into the internet somewhere? No, I mean, this is probably something that I read on like an SAT question. That's not a hundred percent fact but because it was on a standardized test I probably internalized it and so now because dad the exact scenario you described was me watching Coco on my iPad on a plane the uh, Disney Pixar movie about Dia de los Muertos I was watching Coco and I saw tears just hitting my iPad and people think I'm joking a woman across the aisle looked over at me and asked are you okay and I was not I was not fucking okay. Remember oh. me. Oh my god. It's, time oh no. When you when you put that movie on, was he did you know you would might cry or or do you have no idea? I knew it was like most Disney Pixar movies where at the core of it is usually like I saw we saw Inside Out as a Family and I think Indianapolis in theaters sobbed at the end of that movie. That is a devastating film yeah. at yeah. any altitude so yeah. i always know with these disney pixar films there's a chance the lesson in there is going to get to me but i was not ready for it to hit that hard
1: yeah it is uh that, that is something and, and then there's no going back i mean you either have to shut it off but you don't want to shut it off and you just got to work yourself through all the tears well, well you asked how did mike know that uh that little
2: snippet. Don't you know sometimes you just hear something from one of your smart friends and you take it as gospel? Yep. That was one of those things. Because Mike told me that one time and I was like, you know, altitude, you'll get to loosen them tear ducts up a little I, bit. I, I have I never was, heard that in my life. You, you, well, I, you know I what? I reached out to it. I, well, no, you know what it was? I tweeted about crying watching an Aretha Franklin movie. It was like a movie, just like a documentary about Aretha Franklin. Right. Just And it was not about Aretha Franklin. It was just her singing in a church. For an hour, and I cried during that, and I tweeted about it, and me and Mike had a conversation about the the loose the loose tear ducts. So, uh, so
1: you, th- that is none of what you have said, either of you, has given me any proof of documentation that this is medically <laughs> accepted. That in higher altitude, your tear ducts loosen, as you put it, Brandon. I'm going to need Mike Gullick <laughs> Jr. said it. To go, Joe. Do you that doesn't mean where shit, you are. Okay, that doesn't mean a thing. <laughs> So
0: right now I'm looking at a time magazine article titled, this is why you're more likely to cry on an airplane. According to a psychologist, it appears very long and involved. So I'm not going to try and read it right now. I saw a daily telegraph article that also had that in there, but I had to pay to see it. So I wasn't going to do that. And so to be continued on that echo Joe show on Twitter, if you know any of the science behind that, will you guys, we talked about hiding and shame the sex scenes that you watch. Yeah. If you feel a person watching over your shoulder what you've got, will you do the thing where you kind of open it up so they can watch along a little bit more if you feel yeah. the eyes there?
1: Yeah, I, I definitely will. I've done that when I've been, been able to get a game on my iPad or something. Oh, and, the to best. have people watch. Yeah, yeah. But I, I definitely will. Yeah, if someone, want, if someone wants to watch, I'll let them watch. I have no problem. The problem is they can't hear it, so.
0: Yeah, but I mean, I, yeah, I, I put the subtitles it. on on a lot of things that I'm watching because it's, you know I've got the noise canceling headphones, but I love subtitles on anything I'm watching. Do you
1: really? I'm the yes. opposite. I hate subtitles. I get rid of them all the time, all the time. Even really? when a, even when the movie's in French, I just try and understand it in French.
0: <laughs> it's just you just hope that part Stop. of your brain just clicks yeah. in magically. I'm I'm lying, but you know. Yeah, I, but I, do I, you just <laughs> listen to
2: it really loud? Like I can't. I feel like I need the the, the words. The, Mike, you
1: gave me. me these 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 headphones that the noise cancellation. I hear just fine. I have zero issue if they're regular. Like if I had these head these little earbuds that I have it now, I wouldn't be able to hear it as well. Those noise canceling, they work. I can hear perfectly fine.
0: Makes all the difference in the world. There, yep. if you're traveling regularly enough, treat yourself if you're able to yep. with something like that because I promise it'll improve the experience tenfold. There, absolutely right. That is my dad's sort of list of some of the shows that he has enjoyed most in 2022. If you disagree with anything that was said there at Joe Show on Twitter, where uh, so, so you can feel free to do so. Just
1: so, it, it. this is what Mike text me, Brandon. You tell me what I should infer from this. Can't wait. Do you think you could cobble together a list of your four or five favorite TV shows Oh, you watch this year? Shit! <laughs> <right, I> no, <laughs> no,
2: no, no, no. I think no, no. I think in there is the, you're out, Mr. That Gold I Dad watched Senior. this year. It
0: doesn't. Yes. Well, well I mean, so if you watch an the, episode of Mash at any point this year, it can that it. Then I watched it. It's exactly yeah. right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly.
2: I, you didn't say 2022 or or like you know you didn't do the 2022 2023 thing.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I do think I have a little bit of an out there. Because the first yeah, thing I thought don't... of was Mash. Quite
0: honestly, <laughs> my old ass. thought of Mash. <laughs> <laughs> all roads lead back to Mash. It Google it, kids. It Google it. it. You rat Fifty bastards.
1: million people watch oh, se- the the uh, series finale. One of the oh, greatest my... finales ever.
0: Oh my God! Do you know God. what Rolling I just... Stones?
1: So I, it made me go through and look at like a list of top TV shows of all time. Rolling, yes, Stones, Rolling Stones top 100. Sopranos, mm-hmm. they have is number one. Yeah. I never watched Sopranos ever. Never watched. It. I didn't you either. Never, you haven't seen it. I've never, never seen I've that never or The Wire. No. Nope. Now The Wire, I saw. That was number four, I think, and I really yeah. liked it. I didn't like the list because Mash was number twenty-five, but you know, you know who was they, number they 13? Have you guys ever seen, uh, speaking of, of of characters from like Seinfeld, Louis Louis uh, Louis, Julia, uh, oh, Julia, um, Louis, Louis Louis Drive. Drive, Veep was like number thirteen. I love it's how we
0: all of, just barfed just, that name.
1: Julia, 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 Lu- Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Julie, Julie Louise no, dreyfus No, it's, Louis-
0: Julia, it's, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. It's not is the- Is it Julia you know, Julia? <laughs> Julia. Hi, I'm Louise. Mrs. Julia Julia. It is
1: it is Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Yes, no, you Julia don't Grudia.
0: pronounce the S.
2: You don't. No. It's, it's like Lu- Illinois. It's Louis-Dreyfus. Yeah. Yeah. Have you not seen Sopranos? And your firstborn was born in New
1: Jersey. I, I know. I never,
0: never saw it. Veep but is I an did. incredible show. Going
1: quickly to Julia is Veep was a great show. She was great in that show. Yeah,
0: I- incredible. Yeah. That's a Samuel L. Jackson masterclass of curse words strewn yeah. together by all the characters agreed. on that show. Absolutely agree. Really, really good. Yeah. Uh, all right.
1: I'm sorry if I screwed your list up, but I thought it led to some pretty good uh, watching conversation.
0: I, I, we, we got exactly where we needed to go exactly how we needed to get there and just it's a good reminder all roads lead back to mash all roads on this podcast lead to this question though as we round this thing out with three quick stories oh, at the end shit. of the day Brandon do you know what time it is
2: yes and this is special for you and your family and the conversation we just had come on fucking play <laughs>
1: Like a well-oiled machine.
2: There's a story of a lovely lady Who was bringing up three very lovely girls All of them had hair of gold Like their mother The youngest youngest one one in in curls Here's a story of a man named Brady Who was busy with three boys of his own They
1: were four men living all together Yet they were all alone Till the one day when the lady met this fellow And they knew that it was much more than a hunch That this group would somehow form a family That's the way they all became the
2: Brady Bunch This dad and the third This dad and the
1: third That's the That's the
2: way we became the
1: Brady Bunch Oh, let me tell you, Brandon. uh, My wife listens to this pod all the time. She is going to be ecstatic when that was by far her favorite show of all time.
0: And not for nothing, a very progressive show for its time about a blended family on television. Sure
1: Sure is. Yeah. Until you read the backstory of who was hoeing with who on that show. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: They were busy. Yeah,
1: Yeah, no. very wholesome on stage. Maybe not so much yes. offstage. I was going to
0: say, I mean, listen, we all watch Game of Thrones now. So let he <laughs> who is without that sin cast the first stone. Uh, if you enjoyed that, like my mom will, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, and review, wherever you get your podcast. Five star rating, review, Brady Bunch, game time. Um, All right, uh, guys, uh, three quick stories on the way out here. Let's start with this. Uh, The good news that everyone's been looking for, he spent nine days in two hospitals, but after all of that ordeal, Buffalo Bills safety DeMar Hamlin was discharged from Buffalo General Medical Center uh, and Gates Vascular Institute, the team announced on Wednesday. So uh, not sure if he's going to be in a position or a state to be at the game this weekend, but the fact that he's out of the hospital back home can be visited and seen now by more of his teammates, more of the people in that building after all this best news of the week awesome stuff and I'm sure a huge mental lift for this Bills team that's been dealing with hell watching their teammate go through worse
1: could you imagine if he walked down that field oh. this weekend I I, I, I mean maybe you, the, maybe at this point the best we could hope for is maybe something live on the screen I don't know I don't know but I mean you're right I mean from what we saw last Monday, To where we are now, I mean, what a testament, obviously, to the people, the first responders on the field to him, uh, the people in the hospital, certainly to uh, DeMar himself uh, uh, for coming through that and what he's done and and what's going to be in the future. We'll wait and see, but my God, what what an incredible story. If
0: you put him out on that field, there (laughs) is... No spread that you could give me that the Bills wouldn't cover in that game. We saw the emotional explosion last week when you had the Naheem Hines kick return for a touchdown to start the game. But if those Mm -hmm. guys now get to see and reach out and be around that guy, I think it just takes away so much more of that mental strain when there was so much uncertainty about that, and you were just fresh off seeing that. And to see him okay now on the other side, I can't imagine what that's doing for those guys.
1: God,
2: incredible. I feel bad, like, fantasizing about the football in this instance. But when it comes to the playoffs, I mentioned this on the sweat. I mean, the Bills were already a great football team. They have an edge when it comes to stories walking into this thing.
0: There's no doubt about it. So congratulations to DeMar. so happy that he gets to be out for this. Whatever his choice is for the game, whatever that is, I'm sure that whole Bills family and his family are just happy to feel a lot more whole right now going into this. Speaking of families. Let's get to that. Um it was announced that four-time major champion and former world number 1 Naomi Osaka is pregnant and she's going to miss the entire 2023 season she tweeted that life's so short I don't take moments for granted and every day's a new blessing and I have so much more to look forward to in the future for my kid to be able to come and watch one of my matches and tell someone that's my mom uh, talked about what she's looking forward to in 2023 with this but congratulations to her that's you know awesome obviously Naomi Osaka's had a career that has been a lot different than the way it started here yeah. very public and very open about mental health the things that she's talked about relative to the sport but very cool that she gets to be a mom right now and i think in a world post you know there have been a lot of other people that have come before and women who have been pregnant and then come back and been professional athletes uh, certainly been well documented but in this sport i'm sure for naomi osaka to have just watched serena williams do this exact thing can make her feel pretty good about the prospect of being able to do this and then still come back and be a tennis player on the other side
1: Listen, I have no idea where her tennis career is going to go. That's been, that's been such a puzzle, but I know I can say as a parent, there is nothing in the world like being a parent. So when you, when you have that kid and and, and the feeling that you have, so congrats for her to that. I hope it's an incredible experience for her. I'll I'll take the other side of it. I'm, I'm definitely
2: happy for her. Happy for her. Uh, the father of her child as well, Corday, he's a Popular rapper, young guy, very talented. Um, excited to, that they are, you know, solidifying their union in this way uh, with the DNA. But for young parents, I know my, I know money, like, kind of can grease the wheels. It just, I just, I don't wish it on anyone. It's so fucking hard. Like, you don't it's wish so parenthood hard. on anyone no not young parents like i really don't like i
0: don't, like i love like
2: how brandon Michelle tells said me, like I friend
0: the other side of this the other side of parenting
2: <laughs> yes bro, bro oh I'll, my god michelle's telling me like our friends are married or, or like are pregnant are expecting like weddings that we've been to and i'm i just i'm like oh man like, she was like, no, they're, they're excited. I was like, oh, they are? Oh,
0: okay. Like, we, like we are not at that age where, we, like, there was a point in time, I think when we were in college especially, or you're like 21, where there is that conversation where you hear someone's pregnant and you're like, was that on purpose? Are, they, are we happy about this? Right. At our right, big yes. age now, if you're doing that, you're likely pretty thrilled about it. And you're likely at some point in the process in a place where you can do that, I'd imagine.
2: Yeah, I, w- I told my wife. I told my wife yesterday. I said I've always wanted to have children. I'm very glad I have my children with you. Uh, that was the plan. But at no point in time did I think this was going to be fun or I was going to enjoy this process. And that's, she was like, so you don't you don't like love like you didn't. I'm like, oh, you don't mean make you sad. Like <laughs> the shit is terrible. <laughs> like it's bad. It's you want- you guys like I. I like being good at my job. Like, I was so much better at my job before I had kids. Like, not even just the talking part here, but, like, everything else. Like, it's, it's bad. Oh, my
1: God. <laughs> it's bad. All right. Like uh, Let me just say, things I wasn't expecting to hear
0: when I jumped on this pod today.
1: <laughs> Brandon, wow.
0: Brandon, just the lead the up birds. of Brandon saying, I'll take the other side on this one. <laughs> I was like, the other side of what? Parenting? I was gonna I say, mean, how are you about to skip Bayless this pregnancy announcement between two happy people? <laughs>
1: oh my god! I'm yeah. happy for her. I'm happy for so, so, you But it people. sounds like it sounds like you really want to scream. Don't do it. Don't do I mean, it. Reconsider. Read
2: some literature on the subject,
1: bro. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh my God! wow Wow.
2: hey more celebrity babies the more happy you know everyone everyone's obsessed with the royals and stuff whatever
0: I'm gonna back away from this one slowly so your wife knows that I had no place or no part in co-signing this conversation (laughs) and I'm gonna finish this off with the third since we talked a lot about TV today figured this would be a cool one to end on yesterday Netflix announced and revealed the trailer for its upcoming PGA Tour docu-series called Full Swing and announced the premiere date of February 15th. It's an eight-episode series that's going to debut. It's going to showcase PGA players going through the season, behind-the-scenes stuff. Um, it's going to include Justin Thomas. Uh, Jordan Spieth are both featured in the trailer as well. I think also Rory McIlroy, uh, Colin Marikawa, Justin Thomas, Scotty Scheffler, Brooks Kepler, Kepka are all other names that appeared in the trailer, but essentially trying to take the drive to survive model that formula one used with Netflix and do that to another sport in the PGA that we know had a bit of a wild 2022 The live golf. People showed up. So dad, starting with you, is this something well, as someone who's consumed drive to survive? Is this something that interests you?
1: Um, I'm not sure because I'm trying to think drive to survive you could see it because it's a dangerous job and and only two two drivers to a team and then that kind of competition what's the drama going to be here what what where are we where I'm trying to
0: live I would imagine I, I mean, live
1: maybe yeah live that's gonna be one part of it that's not going to be all eight episodes I'm trying to there's going to be no danger involved. There's, like, no safety, you know, issues involved, like when you're watching football and people get hurt or, or you know, driving where people can get in crashes and we saw and Drive to Survive in the lower racing uh, thing, the, the guy that got killed. And so there's none of the worry of that of anybody get hit by an air and fucking golf ball or something. So I, I, I don't know where the drama will come from. That's my only I'll, – I'll watch it, but I'm not – I'm not sure about
0: it. Yeah, well, because it's interesting because even within Formula One, like I'd say for Drive to Survive, you get some of the action of the race, but even that sort of spliced together and it's still more about the stress of communication on race day and it's really in that show i always said obviously the violence at the center of it the potential for danger that exists in auto racing in general is a part of that but then it was the wealth porn too right it's the lifestyle stuff i'm sure that's going to be a shell a sell here i just wonder because the other part of drive to survive is there is so much internal beef not even just between drivers in the sport but drivers on their own teams are you going to have that same stuff here or is it just going to be be getting to know because we know with a lot of the young golfers a lot of those guys were really close a lot of those guys are good right. friends so unless you're going to take us on that private jet and all those fun trips that rory and the young guys would go on together i'm kind of with you they have more of an uphill battle than racing which is inherently yep. more exciting
2: well also opposite of drive to survive People love golf already. Like I don't know what the ratings were for the last golf event, but you're dealing with a, a sport in and in a, in a subject matter that people are already bought into. For example, I just started watching Coach Prime on Amazon Prime, the the documentary about uh, Deion Sanders, and I know everything. They you know they, they kind of jump around like documentaries do, uh, especially television ones, but or episodic ones, but. I already know everything that happened at Jackson State, but I'm still kind of enthralled in the story. Like, it kind of starts with him in in Colorado. So with the golf, I imagine I'm not someone who consumes golf documentaries outside of tiger woods but i imagine people would be interested
0: but brandon i think that's the point is they're not doing this for people that already like golf yeah. the thing with drive to survive was that got new fans that got american yep. fans into the sport and i'm sure the pga is thinking this could be their avenue to someone like you who's not really a fan of golf and say how can we make you interested
1: I agree, because Drive to Survive worked perfectly for me. Someone who wasn't really into Formula 1, like like Ben, my, my son-in-law, he loves Formula 1. He would get up on Sunday mornings and, and watch it all the time. And I was like, what you know, and then who I do, you know, uh, Golic and Smeddy with Je- Jess Matano. She loves Formula 1. She has a pod now about Formula 1. And that got me more interested. And they were the ones that told me about Drive to Survive. And it got me more and more interested to now know all the characters when I watch the, the races. Well, I already know all the characters in golf. So, I'm. I'm again, I'll just say I'm just wondering what I'm going. Now it's always good to go behind the scenes in some things, but I'm not sure what we get out of this.
0: Yeah, I think it's an uphill battle because some of the stuff in there, like you said, you don't have the draw of big, fast, and loud. I will be curious to see if it can flesh out more personality even behind some of these golfers because we get a fair amount, but I think that's the whole thing is finding a way to storytell these guys, build up the characters a little bit more so that now all of a sudden maybe the stuff means more and maybe it means in a different light when it comes. I'm going to check it out and try it and we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Try and give it an opportunity and see what happens. But again, Full Swing on Netflix premieres on February 15th. Eight episodes. Some of the biggest names in the PGA Tour. We will see how that goes. This has been a very television-filled episode of Golik and Wingo. If you enjoyed it, make sure... Go, Golic and go, Wingo. And shit. Shit. <laughs> how and Wingo! Make did sure you do- leave that in there, Brandon. Yeah, make sure you man. Leave that in there. How did I pull that television? one out of my ass? Did you have, did you have
1: a flashback?
0: I think so. You know what yeah. it is? I you, work, you, I, look I, work, like Trey. I have some of the old Golik and Wingo shirts that I use as workout shirts now, and I right. did laundry for the first time in a while today and was folding that up and had it on the brain again immediately uh-huh. after that. That is it's wild. Good to, good
1: to know you haven't forgot about the show that you were on for three years. Well done. I
0: was going to say, it still sits in the back of my mind there, as <laughs> does this podcast, uh, which you should download, subscribe, rate, and review, leave a five-star rating for, and watch like you would watch a television show on YouTube in the DraftKings. YouTube channel underneath the Gojo of Mike Golick Jr. playlist. You can also check out the Golik and Smeddy playlist on there. Check them out. They had Ryan Nanny on this week who is on his quest to appear on as many podcasts (laughs) as possible. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Golik and Wingo. Boom. Money in the bank.